the the one thing that I think that really just impressed on my heart that I had to I, I had to take to heart <laughs> was to be slow to be offended because it is when you're hurt and you get wounded by something your immediate reaction is to lash out it's a defensive protective your armor your walls go up and you're like pushing back automatically we love knowing and keeping secrets it makes us feel loved it makes us feel important it makes us feel valued but that is the best kept We are loved by the creator of the universe. This season, we are coming together with some of the most confident women that you will ever meet to discover the secret to moving beyond insecurity. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then queen, we've got some work to do. Let's get to it. Hey, y'all. I am so grateful that you are back with me for another episode of The Best Kept Secret. Today, we are getting into a much needed conversation. I apologize that we didn't have an episode released last week. I know those of you who catch this years from now (laughs) won't even notice. However, uh, I had to reschedule all of the podcast interviews that I had scheduled because I had to go out of town unexpectedly for a funeral at the beginning of the month. And so I'm still getting caught up. Y'all, life is wild. But this conversation is so incredibly essential to the body of Christ. And as you will hear, it is one that others are retreating from because of the fatigue and the exhaustion that they feel with this subject. However, I want to ask you to continue leaning into it because it is necessary. You know, the word does tell us to humble ourselves. And that is a theme that we have been uncovering all month. It is one that we need more than ever now as our country becomes more and more polarized every single day. And so I hope and pray that you will join me in a pursuit to just grow in humility. One of my favorite verses of all times is found in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 and it says if my people will humble themselves and pray seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land and if there is anything that we need it is healing y'all and one of those areas that we need it in is racial healing today i am going to be joined by two incredible guests who chose to really put their fear at jesus's feet so that they could really help us to walk into greater reconciliation with one another moving forward. As we prepare to get into this conversation, though, I want to share that I have been hesitant to speak out on racial issues. And I think that it's for a variety of reasons, but one of it is because of the intense trauma and pain that I endured when I was in college. I attended a university 
And while I was there for undergrad, we had multiple conversations and meetings with the administration about having the mascot, which was racially insensitive, removed. And during the time that we were having these conversations and these meetings, which I was very involved in and very um, active in and supportive of, there was a group, the KKK, that was actually established on the campus as the first college charter of the KKK. And it decided to kind of reemerge during these conversations. And so I became very withdrawn into communities of color because of the pain that we experienced. And it was something that I was quite comfortable in. I will not at this time tell you to what great lengths it went, but I will tell you that I was very involved in my community and I was really not interested in reconnecting with others, um, particularly whites. And that is simply because of the pain that I had endured. I thank God though, that he just wouldn't let that be right because the diversity within the body of christ is just beautiful and we really miss out when we begin to isolate ourselves and so i had a professor that i became just very close with it was a caucasian man in the african-american studies department that I really resisted. I was the one that would challenge him in the middle of class and everything. And he just <laughs> continued to speak into me and teach me and mentor me despite my hard hearted hard headedness. And by the end of the year, I just couldn't imagine my life without him. I mean, really, we were from the same area. And so when I went home that summer, he actually had his son come and meet me. His son was a lawyer in the system that I was interning in. And it was just, it was just ridiculous. And even after I moved to Las Vegas, whenever I would return home, I would hit him up and we would go to lunch. And I just couldn't imagine my life without him. And I bless God. I bless God that he chose to send someone into the African-American studies department, even though he wasn't African-American, and to really just, you know, step out of his own comfort zone so that I could be pulled out of mine. It wasn't one that I was ever, that I had ever planned to establish. It was just one that I had begun to build when I built walls because of the pain that we'd all endured on this particular campus with the transition that we were a part of. And I just want to ask you if you would be willing to step outside of your comfort zone to go meet someone in theirs to demonstrate the love of Christ. I have to mention that this particular professor was not a believer in the Lord. However, how many of y'all know that the Lord can use anyone? And I am so grateful. Now, 
As we prepare to move into this conversation, allow me to introduce you to our guests today. One of our guests, Dr. Sandra, is definitely a favorite of ours. If you remember season three and how I stumbled upon her book, Sacred Rest, I couldn't get enough of it. So I am incredibly grateful that she is here with us. But Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith is a board certified internal medicine physician and work-life integration researcher. She is the founder of Restoracis, a professional development agency dedicated to restoring well-being in the workplace by working with companies that care about their employees and want them to succeed at work as well as at home. As a busy physician, author, and mom, she understands that life's demands can leave you feeling mentally overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and physically tired. Daily, she helps high achievers deal with their work-rest imbalance and find actionable answers to the thriving lifestyle they desire. She's an international wellness expert featured in numerous media outlets, including Prevention, MSNBC, Women's Day, Fox, Fast Company, Psychology Today, Inc., and TED.com. She is the author of numerous books, including bestsellers, Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity, including life-changing insight on the seven types of rest needed to optimize your productivity, increase your overall happiness, overcome burnout, and live your best life. Lori Stanley Roldeveld is an author, speaker, and disturber of Hobbits. Like Hobbits from Tolkien's books, she likes to be cozy, comfortable, and eat her meals on time. However, when Jesus knocked on her door, she loved him immediately, and she found that settling in interferes with traveling on the narrow road to the heart of Jesus Christ, our true home. Lori Stanley Roosevelt has degrees in psychology and biblical studies, but she learned most of what she knows in life's trenches, raising children and working with families in crisis. She currently works in Rhode Island with at-risk families or those who have a child with a serious emotional disorder. Lori's previous books include The Art of Hard Conversations, Jesus and the Beanstalk, Red Pen Redemption, and Running from a Crazy Man. Together, they have written Colorful Connections, 12 Questions About Race That Open Healthy Conversations. Without further ado, let's welcome our guests. We have been talking about community here this month on the podcast and some of the difficulties in continuing to connect with others. And that is why this conversation is just so incredibly important. Y'all, we have Dr. Sandra here with us, and you already know we are fans. Dr. Sandra, we talked about sacred rest so much during the last podcast in the QT sessions that I hosted that we actually had a book club in the Facebook group that I also host. So we are fans, but Lori, we are now brand new fans of yours as well because you are here. And we're just grateful. We're grateful that you've joined us. How are you ladies? We're, we're great. And, and I'm a huge fan of Dr. Sandra too. So that's, <laughs> like, I can join your fan club. <laughs> you all are very sweet and excited to be here with you. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Okay, you know, this is a really important conversation. And as our world and our culture seems to become all the more polarized, it makes it even more necessary to have these conversations on an ongoing basis. I want to ask you first, Dr. Sandra, what encouraged you to break away from some of the work that you do with rest and to really begin to write this book with Lori? Yeah, that's a good question because it seems a little bit off brand initially when I, when Lori brought the idea to me, but the more I prayed about it, the more I really just felt Holy Spirit was like, so, so what exactly is your brand? And I was like, well, it's always been about healing. And he's like, well, isn't this part of healing? It's part of healing people, part of healing relationships. And so it really caused me to kind of break out of, uh, a bubble that I'd kind of put healing into. I mean, I'm a physician, so a, a large part of when I think about healing, I think about the body. And I do obviously think about like emotions, but I don't think I ever really thought about the need to heal relationships. Mm, that is so good. That is good. Lori, you mentioned something that I just thought was so poignant. You said that deciding to tackle racism is more of an elective for some people instead of a required course. Can you share in your own opinion why it's important to engage conversations about race? Sure. I mean, I think that people think that it's an elective. And I think I was one of those people thinking, well, you know, I can enter this or I don't have to enter this conversation because it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily hurt my children, although it really does. You know, it took me some time, especially in the summer of 2020, to realize like, no, this is hurting all of us. And I should have been moved more to action just because it was hurting my brothers and sisters. And yet, you know, like it's not, it's not a conversation of race, about racism, it's the gospel. It's that we, you know, that, Christ died for us, that he made us one, that he put us in a body, and if one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. Mm -hmm. So I think like what Dr. Sandra said about, you know, she sort of had her topics in a box. We all can put ourselves in a box. And, and, and I think that especially for Christians, we can put ourselves in a pretty good box. Like healing was a wonderful box for Dr. Sandra to be in. And I was writing about the intersection of headlines and, and the Bible. So it's not like we were pursuing the wrong things. It's just that God expanded our understanding of what the ministry was that he wanted to do through both of us. And I think we all need to go to God and say, is, you know, is, is what you have for me bigger than I imagine? Even though, like, in so, you know, like, I think we avoid it a lot of, I don't know, we're, we're finding this now in interviews that everybody's tired. Like when I, you know, when I'm speaking now, people look at the book and they're like, oh, like I can see them like, oh, you know, that topic. And, you know, like, like, you know, what, tell me what you're afraid of. Tell me what that uh, was about. Because we had that before we wrote it. That's what we had. But in the conversation, we gained energy. We, we, we found hope again, rather than, you know, so if you keep avoiding it, you're going to still feel that, uh but if you, if you lean into it with the Holy Spirit, then you're going to regain hope. Mm, you found energy. You found hope. That is so good. And I appreciate how you said, you know, if one part of the body is hurting, we're all hurting. And that is uh, 
just something that I am praying about. I'm just praying that the Lord would just break our hearts for what breaks his, because I feel as if we become so obsessed with our own opinions that we really become quite callous when we begin to share them with others. And we lose the opportunity to minister to those who may be different than us, who, you know, may have different opinions and thoughts than ours because of the way we present it. But if we would just invite him to break our hearts for what break his, we would definitely interact and relate with one another differently. So thank you for that. You know, you both talked about the fear, some fear that you had as you addressed this topic and you began to choose to write together. And I know that you even just alluded to that, Lori. Can you tell me what kinds of concerns did you both have, maybe individually and collectively together? I think for me, even just reaching out to Dr. Sandra, that was scary. I wasn't writing about this topic until a reader um, emailed me and said, "We need." I had written a book called The Art of Hard Conversation. So this reader said, we need you to write about how to have a hard conversation about this. And I thought, oh, man, I wish I had something to say. <laughs> but like that made me dig in with the Lord. Because I, I think a lot of times what we fear is, oh, I don't have answers, or I don't have opinions, or maybe my opinions are wrong. Or, you know, so we have all this fear. And to I think to be willing to come into the conversation with nothing. I don't know what I have. I don't know if I have anything, but I know I have the Holy Spirit in me. That, like that, I think that's what I found. So just reaching out to Dr. Sandra was scary, you know, and asking this odd, you know, like, hey, I'm white, you're black, let's have a conversation and writing. That was weird. And, you know, she could have rejected me outright. She could have not answered me. And then even, you know, just having the conversation together was pretty terrifying. But here we are. Yeah, that was part of my fear as well, just, just entering the conversation. I mean, I have to admit when I got the email from Lori, just with the, the entire idea, I barely knew Lori. I mean, we literally had met one time at a breakfast surrounded by other people. I, I mean, we may have said like five words to each other. I mean, we didn't really know each other very well. So there was a lot of fear just in that. It's like, I don't really know. It's one thing if it's someone I know intimately, and I feel comfortable with them already, and I'm going to enter into a difficult subject that's already taboo in many cases. It's another thing to enter into a conversation that has the ability to become very toxic very fast if it's not dealt with carefully um, and do it in a public manner, <laughs> because what we were going to do is do it basically publicly on the page. And so there's a lot of fears with that. And I think um, Lori put my fears to ease in that when we first started having the conversations, she was very um, specific about a way that we could do that. And I felt a, a big part of that was based off of her past work uh, that she did with her book, The Art of Heart Conversations, as well as the work she does within her professions, kind of mitigating conflict. And so I, I think that it was helpful to see how she was creating a safe place for us just to be real and raw and authentic with each other. And I think that helped alleviate some of my fears into entering the conversation. I felt like, okay, we're if we're asking other people, we're looking at a world where we want other people to be able to do this, we're going to have to be able to be vulnerable enough to potentially even have conflict, you know, and everybody's watching it and figure out how can we do this and stay in a place of 
love and of Christ likeness with each other. Yeah. I was really, I was afraid too, where we might take it together because I had written a blog post, but I intentionally didn't work out anything else about the book because I thought if I thought, I thought if I'm inviting someone into this, I want us from the ground level to build this together. Mm-hmm. And so that was scary too. Like, okay, you know, I guess I'm just saying, I don't know, here's a blog post, you know, can we do this? And, um, you know, but I wanted it to be both of us coming into it with shared footing in the whole situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so helpful to understand. You know, I think it really can help to put other people at ease, especially our sisters who are listening and who have been interested in engaging this conversation, but haven't known how. And so to hear, you know, that we all have some level of fear or anxiety when we approach this topic um, is helpful. And I and I think that that's one to also lean into. I received advice years ago that it may not be important enough to you if you're not afraid of it or if you you know don't feel some hesitation and so you should not look at that as a reason to dismiss the conversation but one rather to lean into it and so i'm appreciative that both of you chose to lean into that fear because i think that the book is just beautifully written in the format that you have you know chosen to present it in through the dialogue and even through the other um contributors that you've called on one of which is one of my great friends dr quantrilla art so i did want to ask you know what was it about each of those contributors that you guys really felt moved to invite them to participate in this book and what did their contributions bring as well to the conversation for you both Our conversation will be back in just a moment, but for right now, I want to ask, are you the creative, the queen, or the conqueror? Could you be all three? I want to invite you to head over to liveduly.com and take the Competent Collaborations Quiz. Together, we are going to walk in our calling more confidently than ever before and engage in kingdom collaborations. This two-minute quiz will help you identify your strengths and even a few areas of growth to help you be everything that God designed you to be. It's at livedooly.com slash quiz, and you can find the link in the description below. Yeah, many of them for myself, they were people who I knew this was something on their heart, but I also knew that they weren't very vocal about it. You know, it's things, it was where I was having conversations on the sideline with them, but I didn't see a lot of it in their social media. And I can understand that because, you know, like I said, it can potentially become very toxic. And a lot of us don't necessarily want to just put that out there for social media to have those conversations. But I knew they had things to, to share. And I knew that that was something that was on their heart. And I really felt like when Lori and I was ta- were talking about this, one of the things that we really wanted to make sure people were aware of, we weren't just talking about white black com- connections. You know, it wasn't just a white or black thing. It was an ethnic thing across the board, all ethnicities. And so we felt like that also gave us an opportunity to invite in people of multiple different cultures into the conversation. Yeah, men too. I think we have two men that we interviewed. We didn't want it to just be, mm-hmm. you know, a, a female, completely female driven conversation either, but we asked for 
some, you know, contributions from men and some, like even one of the contributors, Maria Gill, is the worship leader at my church. And what's been really eye-opening for like all of us in the church, me first, because I, I read her interview going, I don't think I do any of this about Maria. And I love Maria. We're really good friends. And then, but like everybody in our church who's been reading the book, they'll say, I never had any conversation like this with Maria. Like, well, what about like other people in our church? Shouldn't we all start asking each other more questions? You know, we felt like pretty comfortable that we were embracing each other and we were but that you can always go deeper you can always ask more questions you can always learn to love each other better mm. yes you can always ask more questions you can always learn to love one another better i know both of you have um varying backgrounds that are different from one another and that was what i also appreciated about the book because you brought those backgrounds into the stories that you told and the conversations that you had um one of the things that you wrote about dr sandra is that there's such a lack of diversity and inclusion and this is hurting the body you wrote that a feeble attempt at allyship with a 90-10 ratio majority to minority representation is not diversity. It's an insult. And I just want to thank you for saying that this is something that's on my heart. So I want to ask both of you, what recommendations can you make to help people learn to engage with others outside of their race and ethnicity, especially when they live in a homogenous culture and they really don't have, you know, a lot of opportunity that's presented to them with ease to just engage with others that are different than themselves, whether culturally, racially, ethnically, all of that. I know that in when I was growing up, we ha our church was primarily white. I lived in Rhode Island, and it, my our town is about ninety five percent white. And then there are a lot of Native Americans around us, and there's a really smaller percentage of Hispanic or Black. But the, you know, we would join with other churches intentionally to in order to get to know people of other cultures, other skin colors, and make sure we had joint services. And so that's a, so a place where people can start. It's kind of com more comfortable in a group like that to have a shared worship service and then make sure that there's intentional time for fellowship afterwards. But then beyond that, we have to take that extra step. It's very scary. It's like a lunchroom in junior high, deciding to sit with someone you don't know, deciding to sit at a table with people who don't look like you. And, and I think that what's important is to not assume that you're not welcome, but to like be willing to even have people maybe not welcome you. You don't know, you know, like I hope within the church that wouldn't happen, but anywhere to still be willing to risk and to, and to go and sit with someone and say, hey, can I sit with you guys? And then not say, hey, can we have a conversation about race, but just get to know one another. Just say, you know, hey, I'd love to get to know you. Where are you from? Like, you know, just the normal life things, but crossing that um, divide is sometimes really intimidating and it has a lot to do with our own insecurity many times more than racism. It has to do with fear and our insecurity. And so, you know, give that to Jesus and let him take you by the hand and lead you to another table. 
Yeah. And just to piggyback off of what Lori just said, you know, one of the things we talk about in the book is just kind of your readiness point where you enter into the conversation. Um, and we looked at three different levels, ready to listen, ready to learn, ready to uh, lead. And I think, you know, if you're not quite ready to sit at that table or to join that group where you you might be the only, the, the, the lonely only one, <laughs> we sometimes say, you know, in that group, maybe you should start off with the being ready to listen aspect of it. I think it was Joe Saxton in her um, conversation mentioning, you know, just start by when you're looking at influencers, whether it's on YouTube or pastors or, or, you know, social media, start looking for some influencers that don't look like you and start listening to their conversations, listen to their podcasts, listen to their, their sermons, just start exposing yourself to different experiences so that you, your comfort level goes up because you start associating more with different groups and with different ethnicities. And so I think part of that is just the, the allowing yourself exposure. And, you know, with the internet, you can join groups from across the country, you know, from, from every different nationality and ethnic group possible without actually having to leave your home. So there's a great level of, of entry level if someone is intentional, if that's something that's on their heart to do. Mm, so practical and so wise, y'all, y'all, it's, so easy now that we have the internet to engage with others that are different from us but we do have to be intentional about it we have to and i think there is this you know this hesitation in possible intimidation in all of us so i thank you guys for that I guess my last question for you, because you did talk about the readiness assessment. I wanted to ask you about that, Dr. Sandra. I found it so helpful. But the last question I have for you all is that you list seven keys for hard conversations. You can each maybe share one or two that you would just leave with our sisters today to begin to implement within the conversations that they're having. Well, I, the the one thing that I think that really just impressed on my heart that I had to, I, I had to take to heart <laughs> was to be slow to be offended because it is when you're hurt and you get wounded by something, your immediate reaction is to lash out. It's a defensive, protective, your armor, your walls go up and you're like pushing back automatically. And, you know, particularly with at the time Lori and I were, were having this conversation, there was so much racial tension in the world. I mean, it was right after George Floyd's incident and so many other things that had happened during that summer of 2022 or 2020. So I really needed to take that message to heart um, because it wasn't just my conversation with her, but it was my conversation with everybody else in the world. Because the thing is, you know, people are going to sometimes say things that are hurtful. Sometimes they don't even know that they're hurting you. And if we don't, if we're not allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and to at least share that 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 hurt us, how are they ever going to know? How do they ever learn? How do they ever develop their ability to communicate with others? And so I think that was one of the things I really had to take to heart going into this conversation. Yeah, I think, too, that we need to always like we need to own conversations again and start letting conversations own us. You know, to be willing to take responsibility to slow conversations down when they start to, you know, how they can start to speed up and get a little conflicty. I mean, conflict isn't necessarily all bad. We kind of have to go through the tunnel of conflict sometimes to work out 
issues. And so we, we need to lose our fear of it. But we can also, you know, stop things sometimes, take a time out and say, like, so hold on a second. Let's let's review what we actually agree on before we get into this. Let's go back to where we agree. We agree, you know, like when I talk in the book about one conversation that exploded with myself and my friends and everybody was white, but we all had that real big disagreement about um, reparations is the topic that came up and, and, and everybody disagreed. And so as it got hotter and hotter, I said, let's, let's stop. And let's remember, like, so we all agree there's a problem. We all agree we would like to do something about it. We feel responsible as Christians. We all agree that we could learn to do better. Like what we disagree on is this one portion of it. And maybe we don't all have enough information to solve that right now. So if, if we can, can we disagree with that and remain friends? And everybody's like, yes, okay, then let's keep disagreeing about it. So we identified the stakes, slowed the conversation down and reminded ourselves of what we have in common. And then we continued to talk about the conflict, but some of the stress was removed from the conversation because we remembered all those things and knew we would remain friends no matter where we ended up. Mm. So good. So good. Y'all know the scripture reminds us to be quick to listen. And so that is just something uh, that we need to be conscious of. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to offend. Um, it's definitely going to help you hear the heart of someone whom you may disagree initially with at least so that you can continue to engage. And the one thing we want to do is to continue to engage. You know, what I have found is that the enemy loves to separate us and we just can't allow that to happen. So we have to continue to engage and humble ourselves even when it hurts and even when we've been offended. So thank you ladies so much for bringing us into this. This is such a fantastic book to, um, you know, walk through individually as I have, or with a group, a Bible study. So can you just tell everybody, you know, where we can find the book and then where we can find both of you? The book's available at colorfulconnectionsbook.com. And on that page, it does have both of our, the links to both of our individual websites as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I do want to ask you guys if we can lighten it up just a little bit. I have some quick questions I wanted to ask you. We kind of like to call them secrets over here. <laughs> but um, you mentioned that it's so important to really slow down. Both of you mentioned that, you know, just slowing down. And so I want to ask you, are there any things that you put in your space, any affirmations on your wall, any rhythms that you incorporate into your day to help you slow down? I do, um, in the, I, I reserve at least an hour and a half every morning just to, you know, it sounds like I'm not nonstop praying, but I'm usually looking at scripture, talking to God, journaling about stuff. But I, I found that the bigger my life gets with writing and speaking, the bigger my time alone with God needs to be. And just to, um, so I just reserve that time. And if I, I usually get up really early, if I get up later, I still preserve that time and then there are other times in the day I have a porch with a gorgeous tree I try to get outside most of the time I'm sitting surrounded by electronics and um, so I try to get outside put my feet on the ground and just stand still and not try to do anything other than be still for you know 10 minutes 
Yeah, for myself, I tend to separate time out. So um, I have time, I think and move at the same time, or process, I should say information while I'm moving. So oftentimes, my caught time is when I'm out in nature, and I'm walking, and I don't have earphones on, I don't have any, you know, any kind of gadgets attached to me, it's just me and God and the birds and whatever other sounds happen to be make, being made out there. And I find for myself, that is a, a lot of times when God speaks to me, most clearly. And I think it's because for myself, I'm getting the creative rest and other things at the same time, which are uh, tend to be one of my biggest deficits. Um, and the other from for me is specifically spending time in God's word very strategically. So I, I have a book of um, decrees about work and life that I tend to 31 decrees on work and life that um, is amazing. And so I tend to work through that. I'll do one a day. Um, I also sometimes will go on different months. I'll do Proverbs. I'll pick one chapter from Proverbs and kind of work through that. And so I, I have to have very kind of specific approaches to the scripture because otherwise I'm always in scripture because you're getting ready for speaking somewhere. And so I have to hit it in a way that's not related to what I do in my work, so to speak. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Y'all, we have so many tools and they are both speaking to me right now. <laughs> like, Jesus, I need time with you. Um, can you tell us what is bringing a smile to your faces these days? Oh, that's easy for me. Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin Ooh. spice everything. <laughs> <laughs> I am the exact opposite. Pumpkin spice, nothing. But that's yeah, me awesome. too. I'm sorry, can't go with pumpkin spice. That's not my my jam. I'm like a black coffee girl. That's it. But my I have a grandson who's about to turn two, and I have one grandson who just turned sixteen. So they like the, like, like the different stages of life. Really, just there's always something to laugh about. Always somebody discovering something new. One looking up drivers ed, and one just learned how to say green today. So that's really fun. <laughs> that's so sweet. Oh my goodness, that is so sweet. Well, ladies, I cannot thank you enough for your time and how you helped us just to enter into this conversation. I do hope it's not our last. And I just wanna ask, would you pray for us as we prepare to close out? Sure, how about if I start and you close, Dr. Sandra? Okay. Great. Dear Jesus, Thank you. You had such a great idea, Lord, that when we came into relationship with you, that you would put us into a family. Yes. And uh, sometimes we get frustrated with that family, we get disappointed and we get hurt, but it's, it was a really good idea. So we praise you for it and ask you to just quicken our hearts to appreciate what is so good about being in the family of God. And Lord, I want to pray, especially for everyone listening to this, that you would uh, strengthen our resolve to not go silent, to not quiet quit on this, but to keep talking, to keep having faith that the Holy Spirit can bring us together and help us to work through and learn to love each other better. Lord, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us in all things. And we just ask that you lead us and guide us into these conversations and these connections with others. Help us to have our hearts open and our our minds ready to receive. Lord, help us to be able to, to be to be ready to listen and not so quick to speak. Help us to be able to love like Jesus. Help us to see justice as you see it. Help us, Lord, to be able to have the courage to step into spaces where maybe others are retreating. And give us a, a burden on our hearts for those people who who sometimes feel feel unseen, 
help us to be able to be to be their voice if they're if they're not at that point of stepping up to that stage yet. Lord, we just ask that you continue to lead us closer to each other so that we can get closer to you. And we just ask that you help us to be able to find those opportunities within our in our spheres of influence, within our churches, within our homes. Help us to be able to start conversations with strangers. Help us to be able to say yes, even if we may be the only one that's representing at that time, God. Help us to be able to see that as an open door and to be able to see that as an opportunity to expand what it looks like to be Jesus in the world. And we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share with Liv and her community. And we just ask for a blessing over this podcast and for every person that's listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. That just blessed my soul. And I pray that you can say the same after this conversation. If that's the case, would you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts or Audible and leave a rating and review? It would truly support this podcast and let the guests know that you value their time. I know I do. Now, in between our time here on the podcast, I do want to let you know that I am at Candid Live on Instagram and at Live Duly on YouTube. It would be an honor to do life with you. I look forward to the next time. Love you.